Welcome to the Business Mentor Podcast. This podcast is where we share and discuss the experiences, ideas, and happenings in the world of business, featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction in your journey. Introducing your host, award-winning entrepreneur and Prince's Trust business mentor, Jay Dillon. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Great stuff. So I'll do a quick intro for my listeners and viewers on, on YouTube. So you're a professional footballer, businessman and investor. Um, you spent five years with Wolves. Um, and the other clubs you played for is Bristol City and Bolton, to name a few. Um, you're currently at Bristol Rovers. And uh, yeah, we met, I think it was about a year ago. Uh, we sort of follow each other on Instagram and I wanted to get you on. Obviously, it's great to get a perspective from a professional footballer, but also to find out what's happening with you and how you've transitioned, because I know you do stuff in property as well, um, and how you've used your you know, your football career to sort of get you on the business side as well. So it'll be a nice, relaxed conversation, Mark. Um, I know you've okay. been on a, on a, on a 20-mile run. It was 20 miles, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think nearly that, nearly that, yeah. Oh, that's good. It's good. Well, it's better than my 7K on the bike this morning, but you know, uh, we all caught professional. So, look, I want to talk about how things in general, how, how you find the lockdown currently. If I'm honest with you, mate, we're, we're doing really well. Um, we're definitely in the category of the lucky ones where we've got everything we need. We've got the garden. We're, we're close to the seafront here as well. Now we're allowed out to go have a walk around. So, I can't complain with my circumstances because I'm sure there's people out there that are suffering there a, a bit more than us. Yeah, 100%. We're going to go a bit more deeper into questions around that. But look, I, I want my listeners to understand your journey. Now, you know, to make it a pro footballer, you know, I'm 41 now. I ain't going to make it. And <laughs> uh, But I started off very young. You know, I played for Derby Boys when I was younger up until it was uh, 15. I played a bit of semi-pro football but I didn't quite make it. And it was tough. It's really tough to make it as a pro footballer. So I've got so much respect for any professional footballer, you know, wherever they play, even actually non-league is a tough, tough gig, if that makes agree, sense. Tough, yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me about the journey. How did it start with you and how did you get into football? Um, well, I loved, well, being told by my parents, I loved it. I always had a, a football around me. Um, and then I got to the age of, I think it was six or seven and, and my dad just took me down to the local sports centre, I believe it was. And they had kind of like a little Asher turf. I'm, I'm from Worcester. So that was in Worcester. That was a little Asher turf bird as well. Um, and I used to, used to kick around there, but I was quite small and I, dad, I was playing with the older boys kind of thing. And I was enjoying it that much. A couple of years of that. And then the local team, it was Worcester city kind of made a, a, a a starter boys club so I went went there and started playing for those uh, played with those regularly two or three years and then from there I got scouted for, for, for Wolves so Wolves well actually before that I got scouted at many other places so I kind of they do sort of things that are called uh, development centres or uh, what do they call them now um, satellite clubs or thing like that. so it will be associated with a certain club and then you can go and train but you're not quite at the level where you're signing a contract with them uh, so I was up various places Aston Villa for a bit Coventry for a bit but I'd still playing for my local team at that point and then it was Wolves that kind of said yeah I think you're, you're good enough to give you sort of play for our academy so I was uh, 12 at that point so under 13s I started playing 
I used to, what you do is, is it, what, you, what you do is you go and train in your own kit. So I'd be I'd be training in this, and then the day that they say, "Oh yeah, you're good," they give you your own kit. So I was there training with all the rest of the boys, having the same kit on. So I was yeah, it was a nice nice period back when it was fun and games back then. I believe it's got a bit different now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and at that age, you know, I can remember. Obviously, it's a bit different when we we had trials. We had a three day trial. Yeah, and uh, you know, I don't know if that still happens now because there were when we started playing. Well, we were, I think, when we were first going to the were no academies. It's a prior the academy, so it was like schoolboys. Yeah, school so you get yeah. you know, yeah. So the, of the academies a bit different, but I mean, when you got that shirt, how did that feel, man? It, yeah, it, it, was, it, was nice. it was nice. It was it. You stuck out like a sore thumb when you'd have 20 young lads training in, uh, it was red walls, had a red kit with a walls badge on and um, you were the only, um, first time I turned up, I was just wearing whatever, so I might have had a white t-shirt on and then, and then I soon clocked that, right, I might go, I might wear a red top this time. So I'd wear a red top to get as close as I could to the, uh, the actual academy boys. But no, um, yeah, it was really, it was, it was just, it, it wasn't serious back then. I knew, I knew there was an opportunity there. Um, my mum drove me from Worcester to Wolverhampton. It was like an hour and a half every day. Just well, not every day. Sorry, I, I did these train with them uh, three times a week, and then a game on yeah. the weekend. So she used to take me up there four times a week, and then it was like just do my best and see what happens. If it's enjoyable playing over here, and if it if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But it the coaches pulled me to one side and said, now we think you're, you're, you're good enough to, to stay with us now. And, and then, yeah, they said that was, uh, yeah, they actually gave me the red kit at that point. And I was just thinking, well, wow, that's amazing. And I didn't quite understand what that meant at that point, but now looking back, it was like, yeah, it was probably my first step onto my professional career, which is, yeah, it was a big day. Yeah. Yeah. I take it from schoolboys to professional because a lot of people get in schoolboys and obviously the yeah. academies, but I think not many make it through to professional. Yeah. I mean, what was that process like? Because that's, that when, is tough, isn't that's it? when your resilience kicks in there. And I think that's through that period is where the coaches are looking at you as a person, not so much, um, not so much as a, as, as a player, because there's a lot at that age, there is a lot more kids better than me, stronger than me, faster than me, all of those sort of stuff score more goals than me. Well, there's still those millions. You could score more goals. Than me. There's plenty <laughs> yeah. more out there. But um, they see, they're kind of looking at you to see, right, is this, is this guy going to be able to take all the stuff that's thrown at you to progress through, keep your standards, um, be, yeah, and be able to play in their first team, which you do get a lot of stuff thrown at you in the whole of your career and, and that's what they look at. They look, they even, they even ask how, how tall my mom and dad work so they can kind of work out how tall I'm going to be at the age where I'm supposed to be playing. It's, it's, it is well looked at, looked into and the academy, I, I believe that academy coaches know what they're doing and, and you might have a parent that's watching the kids that think, oh, well, he's 10 times better than everyone but they've been there with so much experience to see the lads that might have the talent at that age, but not mentally quite there that are going to stick through it to be able to deal with the rest of the stuff. And I feel that's what academies are. I genuinely believe it is. Some kids might be really good, like unbelievable and playing on, on one Saturday and then they, and then they might not be able to stay, sustain that the next Saturday. Whereas, uh, Mr. Young Dave's lad is, 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 young Dave's dad has watched him play and think, oh yeah, he's amazing and he's, he's got to play. And then next week, he might, his dad might, might not watch him where the coach has seen him train all the way through and said, 
well, he was rubbish on Monday, he was rubbish on Tuesday, he was all right on Friday, played really well on Saturday. Well, that's not good enough for us because he needs to, he needs to do well that day, that or just try hard that day, that day, that day, and, and able to get you through. And that's why I think I made my career out. Right? It's just I turned up every day. Like there was no, there was no, there was nothing else. There wasn't anything else I'd rather be doing. There wasn't anything else that I was doing. I was, and I gave my all every time. I, I remember there was a day where I woke up one morning and, and my mom said I wasn't well enough to go to school. But I training later, but my dad thought I was well enough to go training. And it was like, there was no debate about that. It was like, no, I've got training at six, so I'm training at six. And, and, and that's what it is. Shouldn't really tell you that. That's not really good for my head teachers, but that's what, <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Yeah, so, and consistently, I just interviewed Johnny Nelson, and uh, what an amazing guy he is. Yeah, and he talks yeah. about you know he, he you know if you if his story in another podcast will be out and we covered it. And his main thing was he didn't have all the talent, but he put in the work, the hard yeah. work, the dedication. And again, in business, you know, when when I do talks and people inspire the business I built and sold on. You know, I wasn't any cleverer than anyone. In fact, I wasn't I wasn't clever at all. I did the university, but the thing for me was consistency showing up. This is what I'm finding, yeah. This is exactly yeah. what I'm finding, mate, where I'm now going into the business side of things. I, I love it as well because you can correlate to, 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 to football because the people that are getting places with their business, whatever it is, they've all got the same trait, mate, and it is, it's, it's hard work and dedication and, and resilience. It's, it's, not, it's not to do with, it's not to do with who, who had all these qualifications and, and, who has got all that talent? It's, that that might be short, but long term, we'll see who's there at the end, and I, I admire that. Yeah, hundred percent. Listen, you know, we talk about you know interviewing and podcasting and and this and people's skills. My daughters are the nine and five, nine and six. Get told off for that. I keep forgetting. But you know, they interviewed me with confidence. No problem whatsoever. Do you know what I mean? So if you yeah. look at skill set, it's the ones that consistently day in, day out. And that's why, you know, you mentioned about, you know, getting different types of people on the podcast, because I think there's a, there is a link between sport and business. In fact, Mark Cuban wrote a book, you know, Business is Sport, because it's a resiliency. It's when you're getting kicked up and football's a prime example. But t was it, you know, obviously it's really tough. I know how tough, tough being a professional footballer is and even getting there. You know, when you mentioned that people have the skills, what kept you resilient? You know, for me, it was about something better than what I had growing up. But for you, what was it? You know, what kept you going while others with so much talent fell away and you probably saw them fall away right in front of you? I, I wanted to be a professional footballer and, and that was what, in my head, I needed to be. So would missing a training session because I was, I don't know, tired or or I wanted to go see my mates or anything like that was that going to get me to be a professional footballer it was, it was pretty much as simple as I could make it and the answer is no like going out drinking was that going to get me to, to be a footballer it's it's not going to so that's kind of what it did and then I, I, I made my professional debut played got my contract and that started my career then I had a bit of fun in the middle um, which everyone does really you know I started to drink you know what I mean and then sort of sort myself out and then now I'm, I feel now I'm heading towards the end of my career I can now kind of I've kind of go back to being a rookie in the business sense of the work so I need to now start thinking right is that going to help my business answer is yes or no and, and, and it is really it's really interesting how, how much it is and at first it was I wanted to be a professional footballer which I achieved then it was I wanted to be 
get to this level of success and I'm still going through that process. And then the next thing will be where I want, what I want to achieve with the business side of things. And then I'll just keep going, going through that until I, I think that's probably going to be me forever. I can't see me changing, changing that to be quite honest. Yeah, well, business, you, you can still, you know, even if you can't run, you know, look at Donald Trump. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, taking it from football to business, because, you know, there's always documented how, you know, I think more previously, where a lot of people have lots of wealth in football, obviously, whatever you look at, and they lose it quite quickly because, you know, people didn't teach my business. Are you finding there's more lessons now and there's more footballers treating things as a business rather than, like you said, just spending it. What are you finding in the, in the, in the football transition to business world? Well, I've been just a bit more switched on to it. So, you know, like the laws of attraction. Now I think about it more. I, I, my eyes are more focused on it. But when I was younger and I wasn't so into it myself, it was kind of, I, w I wouldn't have noticed. So I would have said back 10 years ago, there would have been none of it. It would have just been, right, football ads get paid and then they spend it. It's as simple as that. But now I'm kind of clocking, seeing what, what's going on. It, 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 is, it is there. They are, there are lads doing, um, looking after themselves for the future, but not enough in my opinion. But there's not, not enough at all. I just, when I got interviewed on another podcast, I got asked that question and it was, it was yeah. out of a squad of 20 lads you could you wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to fill one hand with the ones that have kind of got the future sorted and, and that upsets me a little bit because these are like these are my teammates my close mates I see every day and, and I want everyone to be uh, successful as they can and financially stable as they can whereas I'm not sure if that's going to be the case yeah it's interesting because I, I run a management agency for some top influencers who've got millions of followers yeah and uh, the key lesson i teach them first is treat it like a business <clears throat> because a lot of the people who i have uh, conversations mentoring calls with them is because they've overspent the money you know simple things that money's come in they didn't know it had to be taxed little things that people don't teach you and yeah. these companies are chucking big money at brands so you know what changed your mind that you mentioned law of attraction you know what what switched you? Was it a conversation? Was it a mentor? Was it something you heard? What was it? No. You know, what was it? That? It was um, just a, a wake up, a, a wake up call, really. Um, I uh, so I, I was at, I was at Wolves and um, I was playing for Wolves in, in the first team, and we were challenging to get to get promoted into the Premiership. So I, I was on a really good contract, especially at that my age where. I had a mortgage payment and a phone bill to pay and that was it. And then I was on a really good yeah. contract. Then I went to Peterborough. Um, my wage dropped slightly, but well, yes, they dropped quite a bit, but it was still a very comfortable wage. Uh, and that was kind of a, it was a three year contract and it was a, a tiered contract. So I started on that and then next year I went up there and then the next year I went up there. So um, within my third year, I was kind of still on a very, very good contract. I didn't have my best of my years of, of that last year as I was, I think we might've got relegated with Peterborough, just got relegated and um, I was injured for quite a bit of the season. And then Peterborough just said, oh, we're not going to be offering you another contract, which is like, oh, right. Okay. Well, I haven't, I haven't got, an, I haven't got a job now, but I'm actually jobless. I've got no income coming in. I've still got the same bills going out. I was a lot, I was older than my, the first time. So I've now got, I've got, mortgages to pay bills to pay that like yeah. normal living things which i didn't have when i was 17 um and where's this where's this money going to come from and uh 
well, where's my job going to come from at first? So I went, mm. I, there was a lot of clubs uh, offering me deals or offering me an interview kind of thing to see if I wanted to play for them, which were a, a lower leagues than what I wanted to play in or somewhere in Scotland. I didn't particularly want to go up to Scotland. No disrespect Scotland, I just didn't want to yeah. go up there. <laughs> um, which wasn't the, I didn't feel was the best career move for myself. So my decision was to stay at Peterborough, but what my agent negotiated with him and said, look, Mark wants to play at this level. So we were, we basically wanted, we were basically wanted to we've been relegated and we want to go straight back up to the championship. So, um, I wanted to stay at that level, but they gave me next to nothing wages. So I was then, uh, earning a very low wage. I was at Peterborough weren't high payers anyway. Um, so I was at, the lowest paid club in League One on the yeah. on the lowest wage in the in league if you quite if you can imagine it was close on non league wages so and I yeah. still had all my bills and I still um, I, had, I had the same friends I had the same lifestyle exactly the same as if I was playing yeah. in the championship on a championship wage so that was like wow um, and it was it was like I don't even think my mom I don't even think I told my parents my family they know I took a pay cut but not to the extent. Um, so my friend, my, my, it's, it's, it's weird in football because, because I've played with premiership lads, a lot of championship lads and a lot of league one lads and I'm friends with all of them. There's a wide spectrum of lads. So when I've got my premiership lads saying, oh, do you want to pop on holiday? That's a bit different to when my non-league lads or my lads from home say, oh, do you want to, do you want to pop on holiday? It's a bit different. So I'm going to be spending yeah. completely different amounts of money, but I was still keeping up appearances and I'm still spending time with the premiership lads and, and they don't know how much I'll get paid and vice versa and it's kind of I was like I can't sustain this this is absolutely like this is ridiculous I, I was I was in a bad way but I played um, at that point was when I then clicked and like, what am I going to do either to supplement my wage what I'm on now or what am I going to do other than football so just literally like a like a switch like that would have happened overnight. Right, what am I doing? And then I went into some network marketing things. Um, always had my own property because it was quite yeah. it made a lot of sense to me. It's quite quite simple. I um I had a small portfolio at that point because when I moved from I bought a house in Walls and I moved to Peterborough. So then I um I kept the previous house, rented it out. Same in Peterborough. So it was kind of right. Is a his houses now that are giving me rent in. So I'm thinking, Oh, well, actually this works, but I better go and get some sort of training because, well, I, I didn't at first, I thought oh, I'll do this myself, but then you also, you also learned, Oh, hold on a minute. That's not working. That's not working. What's going on here. So I went and got some, went and got some various training as to how to do it properly and professionally. And, and, and that's where, and it's so, it really switches your mind from taking myself out of the football world where I only speak to football people who speak football language which to be quite honest, it's like, right, well, when this, when this signing on free comes up, let's go and blow it in Vegas. And that's the extent of the kind of conversations you have. Whereas when you go and speak to people like yourself or, or people that I meet at, on the courses and things like that, they have a completely different perspective. Yeah. Um, and it really opens my mind. And I, and I genuinely love that where I can see it from a different perspective. And, and that's, that's where I was like, no, Go, I can go and be the best footballer I can be without a shadow of a doubt everything focused 100% on football but then on the other side is when that money gets put into my bank I'm not going to be spending it like I previously did or 90% of other footballers do 
it's, it's going to be over here. And then this is my new, where I, like I said, I'll be the new rookie where I'm learning. So yeah, I am going to make a few mistakes on the way, but I'm hopefully by the time I retire, I've had the, the, the silly mistakes out of the way and I can kind of, um, build from there. So yeah, I, I believe it was kind of just a rude awakening and, and a bit, a bit of a shock to the system that kind of gave me a kick up the bum and hope, hopefully I've, I've had some other kicks up the bum along the line as well, where, um, Bolton all of a sudden stopped. I was playing for Bolton for two years and they all, all of a sudden just stopped paying me. But, so that was very similar scenario to where I was in Peterborough. Um, and now everyone's experiencing what's going on now in the COVID situation where yeah. like people are not allowed to work. So and I, I feel, I feel a bit now where I'm looking around at people and I say, yeah, this, see, see, that's just where you, you, you're not allowed to earn any money. This is how I felt. This is how I felt when Peterborough dropped my wage. And this is how I felt when, um, when Bolton stopped paying me, like it, it's, you need things in place to protect you from these things, for things that you will never see coming at all from so far left field. No one would have ever predicted this, but the, the, the top boys, the big boys are protected from this. The people that are not switched up to switched on and the people that are kind of sleeping and just having, just going next day to the next, haven't seen this and then it's oh can someone bail me out can can we can we get this grant can we get this loan but it's i know i know i, I don't want to disrespect other people so i know there's people that that are um in a bad way but i'm glad that i've kind of had this process before because i know going forward i've had three major things now so i know there's going to and i'm only 31 so i know to simple maths i'm going to see three four five more of these covid situations which i need to be protected for I mean, you must have a tough mindset because I'll tell you why I know you got, it's tough because when you get released at schoolboy level, I mean, when you, you don't get picked for a team, it hurts as a footballer. But to then, you know, obviously get released from a contract and then telling a club that you can't do it. I bet many footballers just don't recover from that yeah. because you need a tough mindset, don't you? Yeah, well, it, it, it was very tough. I remember the day where I walked back in because I'd, I'd left, I'd kind of, been told that I was leaving so at the, at the end of the season there's like a retain list and I wasn't on it so the club would say right we're keeping these players these lads are leaving so there'd be probably five or six lads that were leaving and I kind of said bye to the lads like arrogantly like yeah I'm off lads I'll just get another club and I'll go I'll probably go to the championship above see you later and then I had to, the day of pre-season started again I had to walk back into that dressing room like with the tail between my legs saying hi lads I'm back <laughs> um the lads were fine. They're like they're, we had a laugh about it for the first couple of days, and then we were back to work. Then and and we had a really Peter had a really good season that year. I personally had a really good season, and then that uh, that happened to, to get my move from Peterborough to Bristol City, which was probably financially the the best move. Well, financially and career wise, probably the best move that I've had so far. So it was kind of head down, do the work, no distractions. You get the best out of what it was, and that, and and. I, I learned that, and that, that that's how you get. That's how you get a strong mentality. You don't get a strong mentality from not going through these things. You have to go through these tough times to grow from them. And I, 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 I have had tough times. I have for me personally, and that's and that's tough for me. But there's many. You'll have tough times, and your tough times might be ten times worse than mine. But to me, my tough times were, were there. I. I I see a lot of, when, when I discuss with people who are going through tough times, you kind of, 
it's kind of point scoring like oh well okay you've only had this but I've had this but it's not about that it's, it's, it is personal to you and that that was a period that year was a period I'm, I'm sure there's football fans out there saying oh poor you Mr Little on a, on a, on a footballer wage well that was really tough for me because from the age of anyone, everyone sort of, sort of starts getting a job at 16, say 16, 17. From there, I've been on a lot of money. So that's what I was used to. And then all of a sudden it wasn't there. So that was a tough time for me. And it's kind of like in the public eye, I'm not allowed to, I'm not about allowed to complain about that because you get criticised. But that's genuinely how it was. It was, it was tough for me. And, and, and that's how I've grown from it and kind of, learn a little bit and everyone's still learning as well I, I look at it now I've, I've done my I've probably got another five to five to ten years left at football about ten years if I'm very lucky left at football and then I've got the whole rest of my life to then start again with the business stuff and, and make my mistakes there and, and, and there'll be things through business that I haven't haven't come across yet will be an extremely tough time um, and I have to deal with that I'm sure I'm sure you, you could tell me many things that I'm going to go through from now till, till the end of my business career. So I'm, I'm quite excited about it, but no, it's coming. It's not, it's not naive. Like, Oh, it's all going to be rosy. Cause it, cause it's not. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause uh, yeah, in business every day is a different challenge. And if I look back my 20 year career, Oh, as a career as a, as a business person, I've had some ups and downs and highs and lows. It's just yeah. part of life. And Everyone does. You, know, you will, yeah. And, and you will go through that. The best way is just to learn from people and try and you need to make your own mistakes, but make calculated mistakes. And obviously having mentors really helped me because Massive. they're kind of, that I'll be totally honest with you. I, you know, I interviewed my first mentor in my office and we're going to make that life. So it's an amazing interview because he met me when I was going through rock bottom. But the key thing is they just give you the belief. By the way, you've got to put the work in. I mean, a lot of people go to mentors or these courses or whatever they do, expecting a miracle. And I try and paint the reality. It's like going to training pre-season, right? You're going to have to put the effort in and you're going to have to like feel sick and, you know, to get 100%. the rewards of the full season. Pre-season is a game, right? 100%. I just just re, sorry to interrupt you there, but just from a, yeah, how I I would look at that is every everyone knows to be looking at it from a footballer point of view. Everyone knows you have to be fit to be a footballer. So if I'm on my own, I can go run on a track and I can work as hard as I possibly could, know it, and I could go home and be like, oh, I've worked hard now, now I'm fit. But if I had a mentor next to me or a fitness coach next to me and said, right, Mark, instead of doing this, I need you to do that. So instead of running around the track 10 times, what I want you to do is break that up and sprint one and then sprint two and then sprint two. That will get a better outcome for you from someone who's got more experience than you, been through it before probably, and has more knowledge. I'm going to get 10 million times further and quicker from listening to someone who knows more than me than me trying to do it myself. I could go, I could, I've been to the track today. I've been on my own today and I could have, I've ran as hard as I could today. But I know if I had my fitness coach or my business mentor, not my business mentor on the track, but my uh, fitness coach next day or my fi fitness mentor, I know I'll be doing better. That's why how I look at mentors and I think they're so important. So, so important. Yeah, definitely. And, make, and getting the right mentor, because if you get the wrong fitness coach, it's going to send you the wrong grade. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, to do your due diligence, to make sure you do that. And, you know, it's, it's great that, you know, you've now put that progression. You're looking at things in the business. That's why I want to get you on, because I knew straight away when I met you, you know, I connected with you straight away and we follow each other on Instagram. Um, and, you know, it, it's really important to have that mindset of, of making sure that all the hard work and dedication you put in your business or, you know, your football career is then 
put into good use because you know you can have the watches you can have the cars i mean i've interviewed some really amazing people recently and listen materialistic things goes out the window yeah because it it's a mindset my love, my love room doesn't go this is another thing i mean my love room i still love cars like it like it, i'm still living at aston martin but and I, I could go and get one tomorrow but that's probably the worst business decision i would have ever made Do you know what i mean that's why it's uh yeah, the, the the temptations out there, the materialistic temptation things out there, but like, yeah, the hard work, you, you'd be wasting all your hard work, like you said. Yeah, and I think the key thing is this, I, I, you know, some, some wise guy told me once, he goes, what happens is uh, people who like have, the, have these sports cars often do it to show people they're rich mm. and the rich, when they can afford it, you know, I still like my cars, you know, I'll still buy a nice car, but what they do is, They'll buy it and they can afford it, but they buy it for a different purpose. Yeah. If you're trying to fake it till you make it, then like you said, you know what the prime example, I want to go back to the example you mentioned about when you were going out your premiership footballers, right? That was great. And you, for the moment, it feels good, right? But when you sit back and you think about what am I doing, it hurts you that much more, doesn't it? Because you think yeah. this isn't the right thing to <laughs> do. Yeah. You know? But at the moment, you're loving it. But it's, And that's the mindset, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's not, again, I... I would love to, I went, I went on a, 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 I won't say, but I went on a professional, a, a premiership players stag do in Vegas and it was probably the best time of like things that I wouldn't even dream to see and like it was unbelievable. So that, that's not like, I'm not taking that away saying that that's not fun and that's not the best thing in the world to be doing or the best holiday that I've been on. It is, but I can't, I can't you, by doing that again, it would be a complete. I would regret doing it if I did it again. I've done it. I've done it once. If I go go and yeah. do it again, I'll look back and think, "Oh, why have I done that?" Like look at my balance sheet and be like, "Why have I done that?" And it's yeah, yeah. Like it does. It hurts you more when you when you actually think about it. And I just since that tw turning point when my my third year at Peterborough, it was like that's my mind. That's where it changed. Like previous to that, that being a brilliant idea. After that, it was an, it was a, it was it wasn't the greatest idea. So. I'm trying to uh, stick to it. Yeah. And by the way, what you're saying, it's, it's evergreen. It's in business as well. I, you know, I, I work with many businesses and when I, when I sit with them and, and they're having a tough time, if I break it down, what they've done is they've overspent on the years they've done really well. Yeah. They've gone out and bought, they did, they, they've not recruited yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And same thing. So when people look at footballers, I always look at footballers as uh, often the normal people, you know what I mean? But they, they run a business like everybody else. Every single person is a business, right? Yeah. You've got your overheads, you've got your expenses and how you treat them, what you do with them. You know, I can remember the first thing, you know, when I used to recruit staff in my sales team, they did really well. The first thing they'll do is, right, um, you know, they, they get a high increase, they're going to get a car, right? So they're going to get a car straight away on finance, right? They've only been in the company three months, doing really well. So I'd sit down with them and try and, advise them look is this the best decision yeah but we're doing really well and i would say why don't you sustain it for a whole year why don't you sustain it for a whole year and don't buy it and and take away that early gratification and the ones that stood listened to my advice and drove the bangers to work they were the ones that after you're thinking jay actually i don't really need that car i'm i want to invest in property you know what do you think and i said well that's the best move you'll ever do yeah that's what i'm saying so what, what do you think gratification. It, what do you think that is that takes that because that is what you've just mentioned there is massive early gratification. I, I had my big wake up call, but if, if certain if certain players don't have that wake up call, if I'm, if I'm having a, a really, um, really deep conversation with some of my football friends, I find it difficult to say because some, some lads go through their career and it just goes up 
and they just get paid loads and they don't have the week they don't get the week, uh, the, the the wake up call and it's hard for me to explain to the, those those lads like what what does it take to be like look you don't you don't, you don't need that don't 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 worry about that just yeah. stay with that and great you know. great question I, I think the key thing is two things that i find right a couple of things that bring perspective one obviously is when you have a child and obviously that automatically switch just flicks because you're thinking of their future. But a lot of footballers are quite young. And the way, the problem is when you're young and I've been there, we've all been there. You know, the first thing is when you do well, you want to, rather than letting your success speak, you want to show people success. You want to say, I've got this car. It's all a, a kind of thing of, of you know, you, you want to justify buying that by saying, look, everyone's going to know I'm doing really well. I think for me is really what you've got to do. And for me, the same thing is you've got to fast forward 20, 30 years. Yeah, what's, it, what's, it, look, what's it looking like in 20 years? Yeah? What does it look like? What's it looking right, like at the end of your career? Yeah, 100%. And for me, it was reading books. I would read books. Obviously, for, for my parents, we didn't come for much anyway. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, when they came from India with nothing and we lived in really small houses, I didn't want that to happen to my children. So my wife was already there. But I appreciate a lot of people like my daughters now, they won't have the same thing because they're living in luxury compared to what we lived in. Yeah. So the way I would say is you've got to fast forward. You've got to read these people that have been there in your shoes. You've got to study the greats. Kobe Bryant, man, what a great mentor hero of mine. Yeah. You know, if you study his story, you know, he's such a humble guy and obviously passed away and rest in peace. Uh, such a great guy but what I'm trying to say is the only way they'll wake up to this is by trying to fast forward yeah fast forward yeah you know? yeah, yeah you had your wake up call but unfortunately there's a lot of footballers and a lot of people and let me give you an example so the way the markets are going now and the industry are going now there's people who have been on corporate jobs 80 90 grand COVID's come now they're going to be made redundant right and 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 they're probably not saved enough yeah. So they're having to wake up call so late in the day yeah. that it's yeah. going to take the That's mindset. Scary well. That's scary as well. I had, I had my wake up call when I was living on my own in Peterborough, uh, 23, maybe 22, 23. Yeah. I, I, if I had that wake up call now with the little one and my bills to pay and the, do you know what I mean? It was that, that, that would have been a lot, a lot harder than, than it was a, a 23 year old single lad. So as you just mentioned there, the, the, the corporate 90 granders that are now being made redundant for the first time, I imagine, like that must be very, very, very tough. Very tough. And the bills are the, and the, bills are the same. Yeah, right? they, don't bills, they don't change. They don't change. Exactly. And the, the, the thing is this, we've got a habit of wanting more and more, right? So the problem you get is um, when you buy a house, so this is not investment, you buy a house, you buy a two-bed house, listen, that's sufficient for a long time, right? Until you scale up, whatever, right? Yeah. The next thing is, oh, we've got a pay rise, three bed. Let's go to four, let's get let's get a six bed. In fact, let's get a massive bed. We'll put it on Instagram, everyone's loving it, but the, what they don't realize, the rates are gonna go up soon, and then the, the, the income stops. Listen, I would be petrified to buy such a big house with a big liability, knowing that my only income is for my job. Number one, because, yeah, from your number yeah. one, so yeah. Exactly. I'm in recruitment anyway. And if you look at the recruitment, if you look at the contracts deep into contract, the contract, you're probably three months away from getting made redundant, right? Yeah. Because that's in the contract. Or actually they could release you from lack of work. Okay. So it's not, not, as, not as tight as you think it is. Mm -hmm. So that made me paranoid. Obviously with yourself, you've got that wake up call. So if anyone listening to this now, and you've been fortunate enough to obviously still have a position in your job, um, you know, you need to be thinking about this. If this isn't, isn't a wake up call, yeah. then really you know it's going to be difficult because 
one mentor told me very early on, I mean, you know, my life's been full of mentors, but I can remember he said to me, he goes, Jay, he goes, it's so much easier to make money and sell and do well when they're going, like, you know, the economy's good, right? Which was because, what? Which you know, was three months ago now? It was absolutely flying. Brilliant. Easy. Well, <laughs> well you know, pro- you know, property, obviously, I've just done a, a deal just now, a cheeky little deal, but, you know, there's still deals happening. But what I'm saying is, when the economy's good, I did a talk, I'm going to release this talk. I did it uh, to one of the property and business events. It's, I don't know many talks, but I recorded this one. And I can remember saying, when the economy is good, everybody is flying, yeah? Every property, you're seeing all these property deals happening. Everyone's buying property, blow market. Yeah. Everyone's an investor. Yeah, everyone's an investor, yeah. Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember 2009, and I got in the market just after that. So just after the crash, I was quite fortunate. But I can remember someone telling me, when someone in the pub is talking about buying property, yeah, you don't want to buy a property. <laughs> and that's what, that's what was happening. And we've not really felt it yet. We're going to feel it soon. Yeah, once, no, know, we're, we're, I think we're on a pause at the minute and then, then we'll start seeing the rest of it. Listen, we've got a great session. I want to have some fun with this as well. So tell me the best ground you've played on. Best ground? Yeah. Um, well, Wembley is obviously the best stadium and, and, and ground I've ever played on, which was unbelievable. I've lucky enough to do it twice now, which is brilliant. Um, but I was, a, I was a Man United fan when I was younger um, and I played at Old Trafford in a, in a playoff final against that. It was pretty special for me personally. So I'd say, yeah, I'd say those two were the top top couple for me. Yeah. Not 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 Derby, yeah? Not Derby. I'll tell you what, Derby, Derby, I, mentioned, I was gonna mention Derby. I always seem to have a good game at Pride Park. We um my first time I played there um was a, a youth cup semi final. So I played the youth cup a year above me, so under eighteen, so I was sixteen, nearly seventeen maybe, and we had a semi final there and we were you should Derby boys should have battered us. We ended up winning. One of my old friends um, scored a hell of a lob from absolutely outrageous lob, and that that'll stick with me. So, but ever since then, since I played back there and played Derby, nine times out of ten I lose at Derby. I'm, it's just a place. I go. But I personally seem to have a, have, have a good game there, so I always have. A, I always enjoy going back there. Yeah, so you, I didn't get the chance. We used to play at the old baseball ground. So right. I'm telling you my age now. And then pitched and I played at Roke, uh, St. James's Park. So, I mean, nowadays the pitches are amazing. But yeah, two great saves, Old Trafford and Wembley. So what, what's the best player um, that you've played, I'd say, with and against? Let's, let's have two of those. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I got asked this question a lot. Um so it's very tough to do. So I'll answer. I'll answer it two two parts. Who I've played with, and I see. I think who's had the most talent, football talent, and and capable of doing um, special things would probably be Lee Tomlin. Um, I yeah, I think he's he's a maverick. He's very very special player. Um, but then that's probably not the exciting answer that everyone wants to hear, Lee Tomlin. But. Uh, yeah. I used to room with um, Adam Lallana when we. I played in England youth with Adam Lallana and he's off now tearing up the Premier League. So I, he'd probably be the one that I'd say that yeah. would probably be the, the, probably the sexy answer that people ask. Yeah, probably Adam Lallana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll have to Google the first one. I'm only joking. But um, what, what's the best player you played against? Because obviously you, you're a fullback. You must play against some great wingers. Yeah. Um, there's a few that have, there's a few wingers that have given me a complete lesson again, but you'd have to Google them as well. Um, 
Uh, Oxley Chamberlain was one that gave me. I, I gave a couple of penalties away from him. I've, done, I've, I've kicked him over twice in the box, so I didn't learn from a mistake <laughs> the first time. Um, yeah. Theo Walcott again when we was uh, going through our youth youth days. I played against him many times. We used to play Southampton quite a lot. Um, I'm sure there's others that well played Derby. Last time I played Derby, Ashley Cole played left back. Obviously, like that was a he was one of my heroes when I was growing up so playing against him was like mind-blowing that was probably the most um Steven Gerrard would have been one I played with him in a, in a res- against him in a reserve game um but yeah there's, the list goes on this there's, there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of good players in this league a lot of good players yeah. in this country yeah I, I the last question I think you probably answered it was you know what's a team you'd like to play for and you kind of mentioned my night is that the team which you would have liked yeah, to play it up. That would be, Man United would be the dream. Um, I live in Swansea now, so if I can get a game for Swansea, that would be that would be lovely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll make a few phone calls for you. Yeah, I'll just yeah get, do that uh, for me, please. Get yeah. him on, Ollie. Ollie, you sorted, Ollie. Yeah, let's get him on. Sign him up. <laughs> sign him up. But that'd be good. Listen, it's been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. You know, I knew I would. Um, you know, you're a great guy. You're a great character. I've enjoyed you know, it as well. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's been good. So we'll, we'll leave this thing. So it's about mentors, a business mentor podcast. We talked about mentors. Is there any particular mentor that you've worked with in football or even in business that you'd like to give a shout out to? Or um, is this? I would, yeah, I, I'd say a mentor. My 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 uh, my agent at the moment, Chris Evans, is um, I, again. He, I'm, he's well known in the football world, but as a, as a football fan, you might not come across him. But he was my. He was my academy director since I, so he was in charge of the academy when I signed when I, at the age of 12 or whatever. He might've been the one that said he's got something. Um, yeah. And he's, so then I left Wolves and he's kept in touch with me. Um, had given me advice, things like that. Um, he went on to, he's been assistant manager. He was assistant manager at Derby for a bit, assistant manager at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but then once he finished that, he's now starting his, um, his, agency out now so he's a he's a football agent now so he, he looks after my my uh, football side of things but all through he would never be called an, a, a mentor but he has he's been the person that i pick the phone up and say this that and the other two um f- that's from the footballing world yeah yeah that's interesting and it's interesting because you know mentors you know i got the name mentor because people used to say jay you're a mentor you help us out and always over my advice and it's interesting because yeah. I never came up with a mentor title. No, and no, no. that's probably where where you know you, you mentoring is something which you know I'm sure one day you'll give back, and it just rolls off your tongue yeah. because it's something experience. But listen, Mark, thank you for that. You know, thank you for your time. Um, I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad you're keeping focused in this tough time, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a follow up interview. On, on when we look back at this and say, you know what, Jay, that was an awesome session, man. What we <laughs> talked about there, some people have taken action and we'll yeah. get messages and that's what it's all about, you know, oh, helping other people. Yeah. Inspire them. Good stuff. Appreciate that. See you later.